This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is celebrating Spurs unravelling. From the despair of last weekend, through the sheer delight at knocking Spurs out of the Caribou Cup and reaching our eighth League Cup final in the process, all polished off with a comfortable win in the FA Cup against Sheffield Wednesday. As ever, it's been quite a week for Chelsea supporters. Now, on Thursday, it appeared that Sarri criticising the players was not such a gamble after all, as the players showed all the motivation and fight expected in a big match against Spurs. In control for much of the match, typically they didn't make it easy for us as the match went to penalties. But a combination of Aspie, Jorginho, Louise and Kepper, and a hilarious miss by the loathsome Eric Legohead Dyer saw us through. Ah, and what an atmosphere, just as it should be. All the talk before the FA Cup match against Sheffield Wednesday was about Callum Hudson-Odoi putting in a transfer request, seemingly making a move to Bayern Munich inevitable. Somewhat surprisingly, he made the starting lineup and put in a decent performance capped off with a lovely goal. But the question remains, should he stay or should he go? The Chelsea Fancast number 448, Wednesday on Sunday. And tonight, of course is Monday, which means only one thing. It is the Chelsea Fancast, and I am joined by the lugubrious Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Yes, I am lugubrious today, Chidge. Well said. Absolutely correct. Yes, I am. <laughs> do you know what? You know you, you know, you kind of get random thoughts in your head, you know, during the day as you do. The, the, the random thought I had in my head today, Jonathan, was it's about time I introduced... Uh, Jonathan as uh, a welcome to Jonathan Kidd the man of a thousand voices and there you go he 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 lays on he lays on a different one one I've never heard um lovely to hear your dulcet tones as ever and of course even even just as lovely to have Clayton Beerman on the show tonight hello mate how are you I'm very well 
I'm very glad to be back. Uh, it's been a few weeks, although I have obviously seen you recently on the excellent Love Sport show, which I love doing. I hope the uh, listeners love it. It's uh, it's good fun. It is great fun, actually. And I'm going to share something with you. Promise you won't tell anybody that I've told you this. But uh, no. Aaron, Aaron says that uh, you, me, and Jonathan are the A team when it comes to Love Sport. So there you go. But don't That's tell great. anybody I said that. Well, you mean you mean away from any other pod where the best pod there is? You mean? There. I think he was talking purely about the Chelsea fan cast. Oh, uh, controversially, controversially. Okay. Of course, I I denied that and said that we're all different and we all bring something different to the table. So there you go, because I am nothing if not fair. Now, uh, on the delightful little show tonight. Uh, we're going to discuss uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi's performance and goal against Sheffield Wednesday yesterday, and uh, we attempt to answer the question, should he stay or should he go? Uh, lots of rumours still whizzing around, some saying that Chelsea have told the uh, Bayern munchkins to F off, um, but we shall see. Now, in part two, uh, we discuss Higuain's debut for Chelsea, William turning up with a couple of goals, Ampadu, VAR and who will we face in the fifth round of the FA Cup, the draw of which is probably just about to start, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, in part three, we're going to look back at the Carabao Cup semi-final against Spurs last Thursday night. Uh, was it one of the best performances of the season? Was referee Martin Atkinson's performance one of the worst of the season? And what of our what of our chances of beating Man City in the final? Plus a quick plug for the Hyundai uh, Extra Mile competition, which gives UK supporters a chance to win match tickets and merchandise. Uh, enter that, you just uh, share how you've gone the Extra Mile Uh, Whatever you've done, you know, uh, waded through a a vat of treacle or whatever it might happen to be. Uh, Whatever you've done to go the extra mile uh, following Chelsea, just go and put it on their blog page. uh, The link of which can be found on our Twitter and Facebook pages. Pinned to the top of them they are. So do do fill them in. Right. Uh, After all of that, uh, Jonathan's got some more of your emails to read out. And of course, I will wrap up with the usual parish notices as I always do. Now, uh, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock of the p.m. by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash hyphen, uh, forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where you can join in the chat and post live on the chat page, uh, as many do. I shall name check a few of you in a minute. Uh, of course, you can always tweet us at Chelsea fancast during the show. Tell us what you think about anything we've said or anything you like, really. And uh, talking of... Uh, the Mixler listers, there's a good crowd of them in. Kev M, Bob Usery, the lovely Bob from California, Andrew Self, and um, Finnegan, Glide Like Boger. I shall be interested in reading uh, his post tonight. Uh, Bert Stoltz, Rob Coombe, Panky CFC, Vin De Blue, uh, Stephen Moa, Steve's in the house, and John Chips Chiverton, who reminded me that it's the Anglo-Italian Cup, not the Anglo-French Cup, in my faux pas on the... Uh, Love Sport Sunday show yesterday. I was having a senior moment, John. What can I say? Jack around yeah, but, a chick. But, but, that, but you could have been confused with the... We did play the Cross Channel Cup. That's so what that I was could, thinking of, yeah. Because somebody yeah, right. posted, unbelievably, somebody posted about a 45-second clip from the Cross Channel Cup. I think it only happened once, and I can't even remember who we were playing. Maybe La Harbe or something like that. So I don't know where that came from. So that's probably what, what your... Uh, yeah. Why you were confused? My poor, my poor old uh, adult, adult senior moment brain was troubling because actually that's exactly what I was thinking of, uh, uh, Clayton. I was thinking of the time he played La Havre because I remember Chell Tell used to tell me some very, very funny stories about it. So there you go. 
Anyway, um, after this little short interlude, we're going to be talking about Callum Hudson-Odoi. then so well goodness gracious me um as i said earlier on in the intro um you know breaking news at the weekend that callum hudson Adoy put in a transfer request therefore he and, and silly rumors going around that he said he didn't want to play on sunday and of course you know we all knew that against sheffield wednesday it was very likely that sarri would uh, try and play some of the you know the more fringe players of which he is one uh, and he played um the first things I want to pick up on, boys, really, you know, and separate it into two parts, really, because in a sense you can. I mean, on the one hand, there was how did he do in the game? And then on the other, we should comment on the goal, which I think none of us would argue at all about the fact that it was a brilliant goal. Uh, but let's talk about the game first. I mean, I thought a bit like Chelsea, you know, they started quite slowly, but I thought the second half he was really good, JK. Um, yes, but they, they, we had the usual situation of the... Uh championship team all starting out gung-ho and uh, all guns blazing and running at us and fouling us a lot and uh, closing everybody down and um, obviously getting the penalty shout and the crowd getting behind them um, and then completely running out of energy in the second half which is always inevitable and uh, and we were all over in the second half. Um, so what about Callum say, though? Well, about the first. Oh you want to talk about Callum rather than the yeah. game? It's, well, yeah. um, I, I've got fed up with all of this uh, um, uh, um, I don't understand. For one thing, hasn't he got a year and a half left on his contract? So, I, how did he do? How did he do in the football match yesterday, Jonathan? You had a better <laughs> view than me. Uh, but I, I'm, I can tell I'm just fed up with it. Um, he wasn't very good in the first half, and he was better in the second half, and he scored a very good goal. And I don't think he's the the great player that everybody thinks he is. And I don't care anymore. I'm fed up with this. <laughs> I'm really fed up with this obsession with the boy. Even the, the media followed him around with the camera at the end of the game. It's become a stick to hit Chelsea with, to say, look what's happened here. They've got this really great player, uh, sorry, excuse me, this really great player who they're not offering a contract to, and they've cocked it. And the board are shit as a consequence, because they're not actually, for, they're, they're not making any effort to get him to sign a contract. And, uh, um, uh, and he's not a great player. He's 18 he occasionally beats a man. Uh, he occasionally puts in a good cross. And then he scored a decent goal. He's playing against Sheffield Wednesday. The goalkeeper should have saved it. Uh, he did a good bit of skill. He, he, he's, he's not the great player that he's being made out to be. He's not the future of Chelsea. He's, just he's not the Messiah. He's a naughty boy. He's a naughty boy. He's an 18-year-old who doesn't really impress. He keeps playing the ball back sideways and not taking anybody on. Where is the great player there? If it was a player, you know, if it was a young Messi going in and beating thousands of people, I mean, compare him to Alan Hudson, for God's sake. Alan Hudson at 18 was astonishing. That's a player that you worry about, you want to keep. He just beat players. You knew what to do. He flicked it with the midfield. He was phenomenal. This is a bloke, this is a boy who it is all out of proportion and I'm Absolutely fed up with it. 
Well, I'll tell you what, mate, that's, that's even by your standard, that's, that's classic uh, ranting there. Jean-Paul Guevara on Mixler has just said, JK going off early may fade in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just thought was priceless. That's, uh, that is the, po- the po- uh, post of the day. Post. Clayton, uh, you know, I mean, look, my own view, uh, well, I'll share my own view after you lot, really, but I thought... Uh, uh, I mean, what I like about him when he does play, I mean, I, I take on board what JK says and, you know, like most players, he's not perfect and he is young and he's got a lot to learn. But what I do like about him is the fact that he doesn't half inject some pace into that side and he, he's quite direct in the way he runs. And I mean, you know, I'm an old git, so I kind of like that kind of football. So uh, I thought he did all right, particularly second half. But uh, what do you think, mate? Um, yeah, I've, I'm sort of... I'm not in completely in Jonathan's camp because I do actually think that there is a potential there. What I think is ridiculous is is the sort of the hype that's surrounding him. The one thing that I'm sort of fairly uncomfortable about is I don't know where all this um, transfer or demand to go to Bayern has come from. I'm concerned that it's not him. I think it's the he's, he's managed by his brother, isn't he? And I think it's. I don't know, I might be wrong, I might be talking absolute garbage, but I think it's been driven um, because of money, because that's what it's all about, to be perfectly honest. Um, anyway, I digress. How did he play yesterday? I thought, like the team, he was pretty near in the in the first half. Um, I thought the team were incredibly disjointed and dull in the first half. Um, he tried to take people on uh he got fouled a few times i actually prefer him playing on the other wing i think he's much more effective on the other wing um in the second half he was very good the goalie scored was very good as jonathan correctly said the goalkeeper should have saved it but it doesn't really matter that's you know great but it's great bit of skill wasn't it to bring great it down bit of skill I to cut back and once he'd done that he was a different player he really was. He he basically exploded after that. Um, obviously, that coincided with them tiring. Um, but I thought he, he played really well. I think the thing is that um, I would prefer that we, we we kept him than sold him. I think he, there is a talent. But I think what's interesting is that when that game finished last night, you think, you know, because there will be loads of, of fanboys and girls clamoring for him to start on Wednesday. And then you think, well, okay, fine. Where's he going to play? Because there's a certain Mr. Hazard who's coming back into the team on Wednesday, I'm presuming, unless we sell him to Real Madrid before then. And William played really well yesterday. So where is the place for him? There isn't a place for him. Now, my perception is that either William or Hazard or Pedro will go at the end of the season. Um, and there will be another space, and that space will be taken up by Hudson Odoi if he's still with us. Yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to agree with with most of that, mate. I mean, my own view is exactly that. I mean, it's no accident that a lot of players, uh, both current, I mean, Louise, I thought, came out with some very interesting comments in the press last week, saying, you know, look, you're not the finished article, mate. You're in a good place to learn how to play better. You should stick around. I think you're right. I think that there is a chance that either Pedro or William or possibly both might go in the summer and uh, there will be a space for him there. 
I do think it's got a lot to do with, um, I think it's either his father or his brother, but there's there's clearly something going on with that. Although the fact is, if it was purely about the money, then, you know, why has he kicked back, you know, the, the purported 80, 85 grand a week? Because uh, the, you know. the, I, I would imagine that if he goes to Bayern, there'll be a signing on fee and quite a substantial signing yeah. on fee. <clears throat> For um, his brother. The brother, the brother yeah. is, gets two million. And 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 the bottom line is, if he signs a new contract with us, he'll just get an increased wage. There won't yeah. be a signing on fee. So I think, you know, it's like all agents; they make their money when when players get transferred. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, well, yeah. yeah so I mean, you know, you could be right. Maybe he's being badly advised, but you know, he's not the finished article yet. I think what is really fascinating is is the you know the undercurrent of this story, which I think is twofold. One is. Um, you know what's going on with uh, these German clubs who are clearly tapping up a lot of the uh, younger players here, particularly those who were involved with the England Under-17 World Cup final win. Uh, I mean, Sancho was in that team, of course, and there's a few others too. There were five Chelsea players in that side, by the way, or in the squad. But they, they, you know, they seem to be realizing that a lot of this talented youth is not really breaking through anywhere. I mean, look, another one is, is it Phil uh, Foden at yeah, City? Yeah, City, yeah. Yeah, he was in the squad too. Now, it looks as though they're going to do what they can to keep hold of him. But a lot of these German clubs are realising that these kids are not breaking in now. And, of course, in a in a one or two team league like the Bundesliga, it's easier to, to break them in. And I think Jadon Sancho has, has, has shown that and is possibly... Um, I mean, I wouldn't say he's going around telling all of his old under-17 mates, oh, you should come here too, it's great. But I think they're possibly influenced by that and there's an opportunity for them to play more football. And I think it's really interesting that the, the Bundesliga are targeting the, the Premier League youth products to do that because they're clearly, that under-17 age group, are clearly a very talented bunch of players. And I think the other side to that is we all know that actually Chelsea do tend to run the academy as a as a cash cow, you know, it's 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 used really to to you know make money. I think, um, and I mean, you know, the other side of that coin, of course, is that very few Chelsea managers are going to take a chance on the youth because their jobs are always on the line every six months to a year, so they're not going to risk it. But I think if Chelsea let him go now, which I admit doesn't look likely at the moment, but if Chelsea let him go now. I think you can wave bye-bye to any academy player making it in the future because I think they'll all do the same. They'll all get tapped up by somebody and they'll think, well, we're not going to make it here. Let's go and do what Callum did. So I think this is a really really kind of seminal moment, really, for Chelsea's academy model because if they let him go, that could really be the end of it as a, as a meaningful exercise to get young players through to the first team. On the other hand, if they do keep him and they dig their heels in and he does start to get more games... And incidentally, I think he's had more opportunities than any young player that I can remember in the last 10 years. I really think that. I mean, I know it's still maybe not enough, but I think he's had more opportunity. So if they do dig their heels in and do play him, then I think that might attract, you know, persuade some of the academy products that they do have a chance and they might stay. So I think it's massively important, JK. Uh, I don't really agree at all, Chidge. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is a seminal moment. I, I, I don't think, uh, I think they're, you know, if a player comes through and is good enough, he'll get in. I don't think any of them are good enough. Sorry to give this sweeping statement in the same way that you've made a sweeping statement. Uh, you know, if they, 
if they 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 like them to go out on loan. If they do very well, they'll they'll give them an opportunity to come back in. You know what what's happened to the the euphoria that came started with Mason Mount of being you know the great player who'd be playing for Chelsea in the future. You know he's doing all right at um, at uh, Frank Lampard's Derby County, but uh, he's not um, he's not setting the world afire. You know I I. I know it's this it's this tricky age between eighteen and twenty one, isn't it, where they have to show something. But it but the thing to do is go out on loan. And and I, I don't think it's gonna work if they if they're they think that is the route through is gonna be via the first team. It's only if they're good enough that they'll that the route through will be via the first team. As you say, there are too many players that have been bought who are um top internationals who will who have experience to gain a pl- they'll gain the place, you know, and I'll keep going on about it, but if he's, if he's, as the expression was used by somebody else on Twitter the other day, if he's pulling up trees in training, then he'll, he'll get in the team ahead of somebody. But it, it, it's, it, it's this kind of feeling at the moment that, that he, he, he's the best player ever that's come through. He must give him a go. He's not. You know, and I don't, I don't think, all right, Germany appears to be quite, you know, let's see what happens. He's going to, he's going to be fourth winger, isn't he, at Bayern? Because Robin and Ribery will both go. Well, does that mean he's well, going to get the third yeah. team? I think this is down to greed. I think it's what you said before. This is all down to signing on fee. Agent gets two million, and uh, and they'll make some money out of it. I don't think this sets a sets a template for the future um, it, because it, I don't think he's the player everybody makes out that he is, as I've just said. So I, I, I I'm not, um, I, and I just think if the you know if we if we if the other players if players start to make an impact and have an opportunity to play. Then or the opportunity he, he should actually be, be he he should actually be be saying I've done really well at eighteen to get this many games. What is what Clayton was saying earlier? You, you've he, he's played in the Europa League. He gets to play in the cup games at the moment. This is better than anybody else. If Timothy, if he then played in these games, you know, and and set the world alight, then stick him in the first team for the rest of the year. But at the moment, you know, William had a cracker last night. You're not going to tell me that he's going to put him in ahead of William. And you know, he might could have put him in ahead of Pedro, who seems to he seems to chase after the ball a bit like a um, a cat with a ball of string at the moment. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, no, I, I can't. I'm sorry, I can't. I can't share the enthusiasm for any of this all. And I, I don't. I, I don't. I mean, to be in, in my defence, in my defence, I don't think I yeah. sat there, you know, blowing smoke up his fucking ass for the five minutes. I just merely pointed out that I think that strategically, it's quite an interesting position, particularly if you take on board the idea that there may well be a transfer ban coming up on the horizon. Uh, you yes, know, now there's, that's a different thing entirely. Right, good. I'm just really yeah. talking about, not talking about Callum per se, Jonathan. I'm talking about no, 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 what, it would, do, what, it, what it would do to well, the whole strategy behind the academy. Well, this means- but I do, I mean, I do actually, in some respects, agree with Chidge, not to wind you up, Jonathan, but I do think it's pretty seminal because I do think that if he goes, then what is the point of our, our youth, you know, our youth academy? Because the fact is that you're right. He's not the finished product. He's not the finished product by a long shot, but he is good and he will get better. And I think if if we let him go, I think that's going to, I mean, I really do think that sends out a huge signal. Oh, my God. Sorry. Breaking news. Breaking news. We got Man United at home in the cup. Okay, well, that's fine. We're at home. We'll win. Exactly. We'll talk about that later, but sorry to butt in, but it was live, so I thought I'd better. So there, Carry are on. Only, 
five five clubs left in the FA Cup in the Premier League, and we draw one of them, and he has to be Man U. Mm. For God's sake! Mm. So Man, Man City Pop are going to get Newport at home, aren't they? I don't know. They've got somebody. I uh, they've already come out, and I, I missed that one. But there you go. Um, I mean, really, I think what we're talking about here is it's it's a battle between, or it's not a battle really. It's it's basically. Uh, finding out whether the academy is really there to just generate money, excuse, or is excuse it there me, they to? They have got Newport. <laughs> they haven't. They've you think you rigged it, Clayton? They got Middlesbrough or Newport versus Man City. Yeah. You rigged it, mate, didn't you? Um, yeah. I mean, really, this is a this is a an issue between whether the academy is there to generate money, or is it there to generate players that can break into the first team at some stage in the future? And I think what happens with Callum Hudson Odoi this week or in the summer even could well determine that um anyway i think this is a good time to take a break seeing as we've now know who chelsea are going to play in the next round of the fa cup so uh, when we come back we're going to talk all about that the only place for chelsea fans footballfancast.com real fans real opinions I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, uh, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the uh, Chelsea Fancast. And uh, just a quick reminder that there is a website attached with this podcast. It is called ChelseaFanCast.com. It is that simple. And there are lots of lovely blogs on there. Uh, Dean Mears, who's usually in the mixer room at this time of the the week, he writes quite a lot. Loads of others too. Great blog last week by Nick Stroudley. Uh, Alex is back, the girl who likes balls. They're all up there. Check them out. All the podcasts go up there as well. Um, So you can figure out how to download them or listen to them on the site. So there you go. Right. Um, We are going to talk now because it's it's kind of happening live as we speak. But uh, we've just found out that Chelsea have drawn uh, Man United. And as Jonathan or Clayton, I can't remember who now, pointed out a minute ago, uh, with only five Premier League teams left in the competition, we had to go and draw Man United. But I'll tell you what, Clayton, I I kind of think that's great because that's a prime opportunity to prick their flaming bubble because there's a very good chance they might still be unbeaten by the time they turn up and play us. We've got a good record against them at home. Um, I know several years ago they gave us a bit of a tonking, which was deeply unpleasant. Um, but I, I'm not, I'm not scared. I mean, I do actually think that um, it was quite chastening on Friday night because I watched the game on Friday night and they played well. You know, they they did to Arsenal what we should have done, but unfortunately haven't got the players to do it. Um, they basically just destroyed them. Um, but the one thing that I found incredibly depressing watching that was when they actually brought on their two substitutes. They took off Lukaku and Sanchez and brought on Rashford and, and Martial. And we, it appears, are so far away from that. It's just slightly depressing. Anyway, I digress. What was the question? No, I, I'm quite happy. I'm not. It's another, <laughs> ho- it's another home tie. Um, and I'm not sure whether we're now in the round where there's no replays and we just go straight into penalties or extra time. Um, but no, it's great. Listen, you always want to. You always want big games, don't you? You always want big games, and that's a big game. We've had a couple of sort of, you know, dull Forest and, and Wednesday, both of whom ran around. Um, 
and neither game was particularly entertaining. Um, so I, I'm not I'm not displeased. I mean, obviously, I would have liked to have got a crap team all the way to Wembley, but it doesn't happen, and we'd have to play them or Man City to win the cup anyway. So um, bring them on. That's what I say. Nice one, Jonathan. Um, I would have preferred. Uh, um... Uh, a, a not very good team because then it would have given an opportunity for Hudson Adoy to play. Um, <laughs> uh... Quality, mate. Well done. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, he might. Do, I'll tell you. He might do. Well, he might do. He might do. <laughs> Jonathan is on fire tonight. Um, mate, I tell you. I, I tell you what I think. I think that if if I think actually it's probably better that we are playing Man United than a smaller team because I think when we play a smaller team. Uh, you know, Chelsea basically, you know, uh, they get complacent, you know. But when we've got a big team, I mean, it's, it's like like Spurs last week, which we're going to talk about later. I mean, David Luiz always turns up when it's a big game and he, and he, and he is the player that he should be every week, but sadly isn't. Uh, and a lot of them are like that. And I think, you know, having United at home in a big cup tie, they'll turn up for it. And I think the real the real key, the real question is what, what kind of team Sarri will pick because... If he picks a, 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 you know, not the first eleven, and he, I think he, judging he by, he yeah, well, judging by who Scholzgar picked against Arsenal, you know, we could probably we could possibly face a full strength United side, and that worries me a bit, uh, Clayton. To be honest, no, he he won't he won't pick a, a weakened side. Absolutely no way. That's that's a big game. He he uh, he'll know. He'll get told. The players will tell him. But there's you know, it's it's a big test. He's not stupid. I mean, he might appear to be sometimes, but no, this, this is a massive game and, and he'll play a full team. He won't fanny about. He might change one or two, but I don't I mean, he would have seen the Arsenal thing. You know, they're desperate to win a trophy and hopefully he will. But who knows? He might have one trophy under his belt by the time we play them. When When, when is the next round, do you know? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking at that. I think it's, uh, it's in February, isn't it? And I, my suspicions are it's the weekend, 16th and 17th of Feb. I'm okay, just trying so to think that's what's... the weekend before the uh, Carabao Cup. Weekend before the Caribou Cup and the weekend after Man City away and about three days after Malmo away. Okay. So that means it'll be the Sunday game, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, but it's after Malmo away. So there you go. So it's going to be tough, basically. Yeah. Whatever way, yeah. you know, one swing, one swing. They've never been playing in the, uh, in the Champions League, though, won't they? So it'll be tough for them. True enough. And I yeah, think but not on a Thursday away, night. Won't. Was that the first or the start? will be the second leg and they'll be away, I think. Will they? So hopefully... Uh, uh, p- they, they didn't win their group, did they? So the second game will be away. That's true. Uh, well, hopefully uh, PSG can rip them a new one. Well, I'm not so sure. They Man United look very good, but we shall see. We will indeed. All of that will be revealed. I suppose we should be thankful for some small mercies that we didn't get Millwall away. Uh, but there you go. No, um, no, right. A- um, AFC Wimbledon have got that pleasure. Oh, I know. Uh, but they're playing them at home, aren't they, I think? They're not yeah. going to the den. Yeah. No. All right. Let's go back in time to yesterday uh, for the, the, uh, the cup tie that has led us to playing Man United at home probably on the 16th or 17th of February. Um, my, my overriding view of this was that 
Sheffield Wednesday fans, bless them, stereotypically northern, uh, chucking missiles at Chelsea players after they scored the penalty, and of course the ubiquitous big fat bloke with a big fat belly and no shirt. All they were really missing, Jonathan, were the whippets, I thought. I thought, um, I pointed out the big fat bloke, um, the big fat bloke with the, the, the naked torso to the people I was sitting with, and I said, oh look, there's the man who's deliberately taking his shirt off so he'll be on television. I said, no doubt he'll have a couple of interesting tattoos. And, of course, he featured heavily. So uh, I'm surprised there aren't more <laughs> Heavily people. being the operative yeah, word. The operative word. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised there aren't more people from, from to north um, in those instances taking their shirts off. Having said that, though, the, the, the Toon fans tend to take, the large numbers of them take their shirts off and feature heavily once again or even thinly on television. So um, uh, it's... Um, it's good for the for the cameras, isn't it? Really, I think his his motives were were slightly ulterior. But yeah, they um, they delivered up the usual uh, fare of um, slightly hysterical um, abuse, which seems to come with teams from the championship and uh, uh, on the uh, on the train journey on the tube to the game. Um, a small boy next to me was subjected to being um, told that he was a, um, a various various. Uh, colourful words that um, his father had to try to avoid explaining to him by a series of <laughs> Wednesday fan because he was wearing uh, uh, Chelsea colours. And um, and then I I, um, I felt that I had a great opportunity to get revenge for this because uh, uh, a rather large uh, Sheffield fan lurched towards me um, saying, uh, um, uh, where do I get, where, he said, where do I get into ground, son? And... Uh, and I said, well, it depends what ticket you've got. And he said, I'm here with my dad. And his dad was on crutches. And I had, not, I had an opportunity to say, well, you're at completely the wrong station. You need to go to, uh, to um, Westbourne Park and go north. And I didn't. I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I said, uh, I said, uh, I said uh, let me have a look at your ticket, mate. And it's at Shed End. I said, you need to go down there, go opposite the Butcher's Hook pub, and then that's the East End, and you go in there, and that's your entrance. And he said, oh, thanks very much indeed. Thanks very much. Thank you. And I said to him... Did, uh, he, doff, did he doff his flat cap to you? He, he, no, he got his whip it out. and, uh, and oh, um, He whipped his whip it out. Um, no, he, I, he gave me... Uh, I gave him sixpence. I gave him a bright sixpence just for being polite. <laughs> and, uh, I said, here you are. Here you are, young man. No, old man. I've got, I've got to show you this story, a story, actually. It's got nothing to do with football, so therefore I'm all for it immediately. Uh, but my wife and I uh, had a very pleasant uh, week staying at, in Yorkshire Dales uh, many years ago. And we were driving around seeing the sights because it's a beautiful part of the world, let alone the country. And, uh, of course, I saw many, uh, uh, a bit like, you know, um, last of the summer wine, there were plenty of elderly gentlemen uh, out walking their, uh, you know, Jack Russells with flat cap and tweed jacket on right. all over the place. And every time I saw one, which was kind of like every five minutes, I would shout out the window, fucking stereotype, and drive off very fast. So there you go. That's my uh, story <laughs> and, for the and your, and your good lady wife was okay with that? She was wetting herself laughing. She thought it was that funny. So there you go. Those were the days when she still thought I was funny. So it must have been very soon after we were married, Clayton. That's a long time ago, that joke, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I, know. I mean, that, that joke wore off very, wore very thin after a, after a few years, as did most of my other jokes as well. But there you go. In fact, actually, it probably coincided with me doing the podcast because having realised I couldn't foist them on my missus anymore, I thought I'd foist my uh, sense of humour on the unsuspecting Chelsea listening public. So there you go. Um, anyway, back to the game. Um, I mean, you know, 
as I said earlier on, I thought Wednesday, you know, as as, the, as these kind of teams always do, they, they they stick their foot in, you know, they they let you know that they're there and they run around a lot and they give it a bit of a whirl. But really, that second goal, uh, you know, killed them off. And I and I think my overriding view of the match was it was kind of even though it was a largely different team, it was kind of nice to keep the momentum. Uh, going from uh, the Spurs, the win against Spurs, and you know, three 0 was quite comfortable as it as it you know turned out, wasn't it? Really, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, and it gave from um, it gave us an opportunity to see uh, um, Jorginho and uh, 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 Jorginho not play and Ampadu um, play in his place. But no, I I, I I was a bit disturbed by the refereeing decisions again. We just seemed to miss. Uh, um, the fact that they, they don't seem to referees don't seem to get the idea they don't sort of look at the whole game as a as a whole and think right it's a championship side against a premiership side so the likelihood is the championship side will do a bit of kicking they just don't seem to get they're all falling over and Fletcher I was very disappointed in the ex Burnley duo of um, of Fletcher and uh, Boyd who of course had taken Burnley up and down again in successive seasons uh, in the Premier League because Fletcher was a decent player. And all he seemed to want to do is just fall over and smash into people. And the referee should have got hold of him early on. But it's almost if they accept it, they go, no, you know, it's 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 uh, it's only fair that the uh, that the team from uh, the lower division has has an opportunity to to put it up these uh, these Premier League uh, um, people who are above themselves. Now, I t- so yeah, it was it was a, it was a completely typical game of as you'd expect Premier uh, Championship against them. Um, Against uh, Premier League, and it, I, I just like the opportunity. It's, it's nice to see give the opportunity to people to play uh, who don't get the opportunity in the first team because it's very far away from the first team, and um, uh, and the the uh, selection and the um, uh, euphoria of the uh, of the Spurs game, of course, is replaced by an atmosphere that is is very down in comparison, and of course, the, the Wednesday crowd get behind it and. Say that you know we're we're useless supporters and we don't sing and yet you know you almost felt that we were, after the the Thursday game against Spurs where we've been with the atmosphere phenomenal and the and that's a proper game and as you say Clayton it'll be a proper game against Man U and and we respond to that I get the impression as a as a as a the team respond to the crowd and the crowd respond to the event and nothing's going to happen in a game against a, a, a bad Championship side who just cannot survive in that situation. And I never thought for a second that we were going to lose it, even even when there was the possibility of having the penalty, which which wasn't. Because, because as always, as I said earlier, they, they just run out of steam. They can't keep, keep going against the... Uh, um, uh, also against the way that Sarri plays, because he does still... What did we get? 80%... Possession for most of the most of the second half. Well, they they run they, around chasing all the time. They don't do, they? and they're knackered. They get completely knackered. Yeah. But that's that's a positive for for, for Sarismo. That's a positive for uh, for for, um, for Sarri's way of wanting to play because they, he's trying to get them to. You know, I'll keep going on about this. He's they're trying to get them to press more up the field and keep the and keep the ball more. And 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 uh, you know, we'll get on to Higuain eventually. But you know, thank goodness there's a focus now. Well, let's let's get on to him. let's get on to him now, Jonathan. Thanks for reminding me. I was intent on listening to what you were saying rather than keeping my eyes on what we're talking about. I mean, Clayton, I, I thought you know nothing spectacular, but I tell you what, I did like I, the fact his movement and his runs, uh, and you could see that his striker's instincts were there. I mean, there was one particular. It's one of those classic ones where he was kind of in line with the line of defenders, and they were all watching the ball, and they, and, and as it came over, he just darted forward, and they all stayed there, and I thought, ah. 
I like the look at that. So I, I'm kind of thinking that he, he he could prove to be a success at Chelsea. Actually, he looks like a striker to me, and he doesn't I, doesn't fall over, mate. Yeah, and he wasn't offside. No, I th- I think yeah. he's um he is a striker. I mean, irrespective of, of whatever happened yesterday, I mean, it was good. I mean, the fact is that he got very little or in service at all. So he didn't really, apart from that one chance that you were talking about um, where Kovacic played the ball forward and he just couldn't get it um, out of his feet. Um, Still got a shot away, though. He did get a shot away. Um, and I, I just think that it's it's a question of, you can't tell because you don't know, but you'd like to think that he wants to be here. I mean, he's been in Italy for a long time um, and he's obviously pulled up his family and, and, and he's come here on the basis of what could just be six months. So my thoughts are he wants to be here and I think that's that's always encouraging. Um, I just, I think it would be nice to see him playing with Hazard and, and nice to see him get an opportunity. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased he's here. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, absolutely elated that Morata's gone and I, I, I say that with a heavy heart I don't really want to be down on the guy but you know whatever his problems were and, and there obviously there were some problems I think the way he conducted himself the last sort of you know six months is just a disgrace professional footballer he's basically um, he's paid to do a job and he didn't do the job I just, you know, so I'm, it's like a bad smell's gone, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. And if we've got mm. somebody running around who's keen and wants to do the job, then that's great. I, you know, it's so much better than what was there before. As I say, I, I'm just really very disappointed with Morata. He was quoted as saying, my nightmare is over, as if somehow... Well, so is ours. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, you're night, your nightmare, you're paid to play football... And you flounce around. That's you know the nightmare. He's is a big sort of... fanny. He's a big fanny, mate, and we're well shot of him. It's that simple. Yeah, yeah. He looked okay. he looked very good in his Atletico shirt. He looked very good. Nice hair. <laughs> <laughs> so did you see the post on Twitter? Actually, that I thought was hilarious. There's a picture of him obviously doing his medical. He's lying on his back and uh, kind of waving to the camera. And somebody said, "There you go. He'll be much happier at a place where he can lie down on the grass and be nice and comfortable." And I just thought, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That about sums it up, really. Um, going back to Higuain, uh, you know, a lot of criticism, really, wasn't there? Or, or kind of, you know, kind of remarks, basically, or oh, what we're we doing signing somebody who's 31. And amazingly enough, um, I, 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 I remember this, but we signed uh, Gianluca Vialli when he was 32, and he stayed for three years. So, you know, all this nonsense about you can't have players over 30 doing any good for you is rubbish, isn't it, Jonathan? Yeah, completely. Completely. But I, I think I think that... The Chelsea players need someone there um, uh, to, to compete with uh, with Giroud, who uh, actually came on and looked a bit sharper. I was intrigued well, by that. That, that goal he set up for William was superb, yeah, wasn't it? Superb, yeah. So whether that means, because he then realises that uh, he's going to have somebody similar to him playing, and I think he's made some comment about it, hasn't he, that... Um, um, He's, uh, uh, he's he, you know, he, he wants to carry on playing as if somehow he's not going to get a chance. But um, I think they could work quite well in uh, in tandem um, because they're, they're, they're similar. They're similar players um, uh, in that they obviously hold the ball up well. There was a lovely moment where um, the ball was hit towards uh, Higuain and he was facing the Chelsea team uh, and he just 
it was hit towards him quite hard and he chested it down and played it played it sideways um, as opposed to falling over and claiming a foul and I just thought God, I've forgotten about that I've forgotten that's the way you could play play at centre forward because we've been so used to uh, Morata um, leaning backwards and uh, and just not engaging with the centre half and he, he just looks like a proper centre centre forward to me um, and I think yeah. as, as you say when uh, uh, which he is of course because he's you know he's, he's, he's a proven goal scorer um, and he's uh, he's not enormous he's 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 just, uh, he's a fit looking bloke and he clearly gets a shot off as soon as he wants to. There was some, um, there was some footage on Twitter of him at training and he just banging the ball into the net regularly. And you think, yeah, you've, you've, there's, there's not a great deal of, um, uh, of, uh, in the penalty area, you don't muck about. It's going to, he's going to have a go. I was bemused, of course, by the first, that shot that he had that, um, when he spun round and hit it and he obviously hit the, Sheffield Wednesday player went for a corner and the referee gave a goal kick and you just think um, uh, hang on a second it was no way that from the angle it could possibly have been anything else but a corner um, uh, and you think should VAR be applied in those instances surely no here, no no no, no. Think so. no because you'd be there all night I love that though I like to be there all night <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all right for you. You've got bloody hospitality, mate. Nice things to eat and drink. We're sitting there freezing our bollocks off with a yes, bloody... True, the best true. we can get is a, is a rank pint of sing, of singer beer, mate. Anyway, um, yeah, anyway, look, Higuain looks good. I said, the other thing I'd say about Higuain is uh, I, I was quite impressed with his link-up play. He can pass the ball. He looks very at ease with the ball at his feet, uh, as does uh, this young man. Talking of... Uh, youngsters who who deserve to be playing i i still think uh that ampadu is the best young player i've seen uh turn up at chelsea for many 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 a year i'm, I'm sure i wrote this somewhere but uh you know there's something about he reminds me of jt at the same age because when he plays he stands spends half the match pointing at everybody and telling them what they should be doing and that you know some of them are like 15 10 15 years older than him and uh you know, the only player I've ever seen do that at the same age was John, John Terry when he broke through. I think this kid's got it all, Clayton. I really do. I love him. He does look very impressive. I, I'm i not quite sure that he is suited to the Jorginho role. I think he's more a, a defensive midfielder, somebody who breaks things up. So that, that was the only reservation I would say about yesterday's performance but he's impressive every time I see him play he looks absolutely fantastic um and I think earlier in the season he came on he played at right back um he seems to be able to play anywhere uh I I mean absolutely brilliant so will we use him more as 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 it goes on I don't know um it is quite interesting isn't it because you've got the situation as to where are they going to finally put him? We've got um, the possibility that Louise is going to go at the end of the season, which is a great shame. So would you put him in, in the back? Is he too short? I don't know. Um, but I, I'd certainly like him wherever he plays. And I think I, I'd like Sarri to show a bit more faith in him because like Hudson-Odoi, he hasn't started a, a Premier League game. Um, and I think they're... There's a lot of players there who are quite lucky to have started some Premier League games. Oh, and yeah, I, I do, you know, he's not somebody that I've ever seen where 
as a manager, I think, oh, can I trust him to do it? Because every single time I've seen him play, he looks great. He looks absolutely great. I mean, as I say, I'm not, I'm not sure that yesterday that was the best place to have him. But he, he just looks like he, he looks like the real deal. I think you're quite right. I think, ironically, with our great youth product, you know, it's somebody that we bought in. Um, looks like he might be the one to break through. Well, yeah. I think that's really important, isn't it, Clayton? That, that if somebody is good enough, um, he will he will usurp the uh, the orig- the Chelsea original because he's he's a better player. It's all well, down you, to better you, player. Ho- you hope so, but it, it's yeah. still not happening. Yeah, I actually thought that, that sure. when Kovacic came on to play um, it, when Ampadu went went off and Kovacic played in the Jorginho uh, in that role, I thought he played really well actually. I was intrigued by it. We I, 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 yeah, I think that's exactly right because Kovacic in the first half wasn't really getting much joy and then he changed position and I thought he looked fantastic. Again, in the context of Sheffield Wednesday tiring, that might be, you know, that might be yeah. a, the, the thing. But I, there was a game earlier in the season and I can't remember which one it was. It was either a League Cup game or it was a, um, a Europa Cup game where Kovacic was the main man in midfield and he looked the absolute nuts. He was, I, I think he's really good. I don't, I mean, I'm not hundred percent sure we're going to um, keep him, um, but I think he's very good. And I, I'm not quite sure that he's playing in the right position. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's an interesting point, isn't it, Clayton? Because, you know, at Real Madrid, Kovacic was uh, considered the heir apparent to Modric, yeah. who, of course, is a lot more forward-thinking, essentially, uh, but a central, a deep-lying central midfielder, really. So, you know, maybe maybe that's true. And I mean, he did, he looked he looked a better player in the middle, didn't he? Because he's yeah. he looks bloody hopeless on the left, and you know, yet another uh, Mikel Obi esque shot I see which uh, <laughs> kind of thre- thre- threatened Brompton Cemetery more than it did the goal yes. um, but you it, know it, maybe it maybe ex- that's the thing it is extraordinary I mean it is simply extraordinary that a player like him who's obviously got so much talent so much skill a player like Barkley again very skillful Jorginho unbelievably skillful these guys what do they do in training they cannot hit the back end of a banjo's backside or whatever the expression is. Cows <laughs> asked for the banjo. They, they clearly don't <laughs> practice the shots at all, do they? But the same way that... Do, are they going to now practice corners more now they've got Higuain in the middle who actually looks so eager for the ball that he'll, he'll take centre-halves out, which Morata would never do? Because the, 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 the ratio of scoring from corners has become absolutely absurd. Isn't something like two out of 200 and... 15 or something it's just becoming ridiculous a corner ceases to be the attacking opportunity that it used to be it seems to be the same with free kicks is we just we play these little tippy tappy but even with any other team would set up an enormous you know send all the the, the, the center halves up and set it all up and boot it into the penalty area and we just play it sideways and fart about a bit with it again you but know, you, you do think- you do know that you do know the statistical reason why that is, has become the case don't you Tell me. Basically, you are you are at your one of your most vulnerable points in a game. Oh, from a corner, yeah. From a corner yeah. because of the breakaway, which yeah. is why so few corners are now put in 
because teams are scared that the other side's going to break away and score. I mean, that is why you are getting so many lamentable bloody corners. It's a very good point. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah. and short corners. Yeah. Yeah, but that's, that's it. That's all yeah. part and parcel of the whole thing, is the fact that you've got to be much more considered about how you're going to get the ball in the box because you don't want to be exposed on the breakaway, which is just, it seems a bit of a nonsense, but... That's you know that football's now so much down to science and statistics and is rather than you know just playing on on the hoof. It just doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, it's all to do with the breakaway and the speed that you can get the ball up to the uh, uh, to the um, to the winger or the person or the centre forward or the person who's in advance. I get it. I really get that. Yeah. Yeah. Talk, talking Arsenal, of wingers, used to play Arsenal used to play like that in the thirties. An old, an old friend of a friend, grandfather once he said, oh, I watched Arsenal in the 30s. They used to score goals when the opposition had a corner. When he had a corner. And now we're seeing this happen all the time. <laughs> Brilliant. Look, talking of wingers, uh, we, we, we really should uh, mention William in dispatches. I mean, you did a, did earlier on, actually, JK, but uh, thought he had a, a fabulous uh, game yesterday. Great, great goal. Superb goal. And uh, a lovely pen as well. Um, I mean, the trouble with William is he, he's consistently inconsistent. He's a very, very frustrating player because he can be brilliant on his day, but invariably he can just like not not really be up for it. I suppose I don't really know how to how to describe it, but sometimes he's just not. I mean, would that be fair, J.K.? Yeah, yeah. But yesterday was one of the. I think he gave the ball away a bit early on. He does that kind of yeah. flick, which you can understand. It's what they're trying to just to. They're trying to flick the ball apart, apart. They're trying to flick it to each other, and you think, well, that was the wrong time to have done that because you've lost it in a bad place. But if it had, if it had come off, it would have been excellent. But, um, but then he just, um, he, he, he then sort of ran the game. He was completely brilliant yesterday, and as you say, it is frustrating when he's uh, absent, which he can be from time to time. But, um, but that's the player that uh, uh, I love watching when he's on fire like that. He was phenomenal yesterday. Loved him. Yeah, he is indeed. Uh, goal, Clayton, would you? Sorry, goal, mate. Go on. Second goal was beautifully taken, and yeah. a lovely, as you Beautiful. say, held up beautifully by Giroud. But uh, you know, just a side tap into the corner. I mean, really classy, classy stuff. Superb. John, Jonathan, I got a quick question because we kind of skated over it earlier. But yeah, um, how, how? I mean, you know, the, the VAR decision uh, that Mariner originally he gave a penalty to Sheffield Wednesday. And then VAR overturned it because quite clearly uh, the, the Wednesday player had actually kicked the back of Ampadu's ankle, which means he'd got to the ball first. I mean, how did how did that? I mean, did you have any idea what was going on? Yeah, 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 yeah. We we had it sussed actually because I I immediately said I don't know why he's given a penalty. Ampadu just kicked the ball out, and uh, um, and everybody around me, uh, other than the man who doesn't see very well said uh, yeah we agree completely and he said and he said nailed on pen nailed on he said no mate. <laughs> brilliant well there you go no, thank you for clearing that one up right go on go on go on i'm going to say no he's obviously kicked the ball out so and then you knew that var would kick in um uh, well you hoped it would but it just it's the eternity that it takes you know and they oh, when they showed the var um uh, on uh, match the day, they showed a bit of it, and you thought, "Hang on a second, there, they're showing a, a shot, an overhead shot that had no bearing on anything, and yet they looked at that as well." And you thought, "They've really got to work out what angles to look at here before showing them to us." It's all still a bit chaotic, 
at least they put a sign up saying you know in consideration whatever it is the sign was up on the on the video Mate, yeah i'd have laughed if that had kind of got it slightly wrong and on the big screens at stanford bridge they'd have said not out or something <laughs> like that you know no, that would have been, been out out of the way England are playing at the moment. So. Oh, true enough. Um, Clayton, uh, just moving this along a little bit, um, I, I kind of a thought occurred to me. I mean, you know, basically uh, we, we've we, we've gone this week. We've got to another another Wembley final, another League Cup final, uh, and a really good performance, which you're going to talk about in a minute, beating Spurs. We've just got through to the next round of the FA Cup, uh, and all of this is on the back of an absolutely uh, shambolic uh, display against Arsenal in the league the week before. Which it means that our, you know, it's going to be tough to get into the to the top four. I think. I mean, I know we're already there, but we're going to face some competition. It's not going to be easy. And it kind of occurred to me that you know, with basically what's going wrong with Chelsea at the moment is is inconsistency. We're too inconsistent. And do you know what? Of course, that reminds me of what we were like in the nineties when we were actually a very very good cup side, but we're never in with a sniff of the league largely because we we were. As, as likely to beat one of the top four sides as we were to lose to one of the bottom four, Clayton. Is it a bit like that now? Sadly, I think it is. Um, I think that's a, a really good point. You're quite right. We used to get up for the cup games and sort of we had the we had that terrible inconsistency then. I remember when we went to the San Siro and got that wonderful draw um, against AC Milan with, you know, O Dennis Wise. Um and then we came back and on the Saturday lost to uh, the bottom team, Watford. Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it, it was, you know, it was as big a statement about Chelsea as um, as could be made. And I think it's going to happen more and more. Um, I think I, meant, I, I said on the, the Love Sport thing a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about motivation and the fact that we were saying that we were, you know, some games we were up for it and other games we weren't. And I thought that was a, a bit of a black mark against Sarri. Um, and I think it continues to be so. And, and I, I don't know. I think there's there's a huge link between the lack of leaders on the pitch. I mean, the, the performance against Arsenal was absolutely lamentable. It was really awful. But there was nobody rallying the troops. There was nobody sort of galvanising everything. But then we'll come on to the Tottenham game. And I thought that there were a lot of leaders on the pitch that night. So it's really down to Sarri to sort it out and say, look, OK, we're not playing Tottenham tonight in the semi-final of the Caribou Cup. We're playing, I don't know, Wolves at home or whoever. But I need to see the same intensity. And that, that's, that's down to him and that's down to the players in some respects. It's, you know, it... it it frankly isn't good enough. Mm, I think that's I, 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 spot on. I think, Jonathan? I think, Clayton, if, if um, Higuain proves to be a success, I think that may all disappear because it, they, they will then be infused by the focus that they've got. At the moment, there hasn't been a focus for ages. Um, but I, I think the, last, the, the Spurs performance was completely phenomenal and was a kind of statement that made me realise how um, uh, uh, really, also, what a joy it is supporting the team because with, with, you can go from you can go from one appalling game to the to the to the next, which is oh, which is in a sense how how I've watched the team over the years. So it's 
for me, it's, it's nothing. It's nothing new, and as you say, it does. It reflects the '90s. But I'm afraid it also happened in the '60s as well. They were called the great inconsistent, consistent team in the '60s, and I'm afraid I remember. And the that. '30s, mate. Yeah, yeah but I, you you look at that, and basically, Mourinho got rid of it. Yes, he did. And yeah. and, and did. the team lost that tag for yeah. a decade, so and now it's the, and now it's back. Well, you would hope you would hope that the board would see what was happening and work with uh, Sarri to try and uh, prevent this. And as you say, um, Chidge, when you look at the bench at Man U, you just see the, the, the stars there. But at the same time, then then we've got the business of, well, if we see all the stars there, we're not going to see any of the possible youth coming through. If you have all the stars on the bench, we wouldn't have seen Ampadu be given an opportunity. You know, so I think we are doing things positively and doing them well. I just hope, I think he needs, you know, how many days have we got left in the uh, the transfer window? Um, uh, are we gonna, Two or three. Are we gonna, yeah, are we going to see a replacement for uh, for Fabregas or is um, is he still just relying on the, the, the on the small, the smallness of the squad? He, he stated he likes a small squad, doesn't he? So perhaps we won't see anybody. But I think the Higuain, the Higuain uh, uh, role, the Higuain purchase is actually um, really important for the rest of the season because if he fits in and starts scoring, uh, we'll become feared again. And I think all the team will come up um, around him because there'll be this focus. And I think we'll then uh, we'll get on a run and Spurs have imploded and will implode for the rest of the season. So I think it's just going to be between, um, it'll be Arsenal, United and uh, Chelsea for the top spot, the extra two spots. Well, let's hope we do that. Now, in part three, uh, we're going to look back at the Caribou Cup semi-final against Spurs, which was last Thursday night, of course. Uh, Was it one of the best performances of the season? Was referee Martin Atkinson's performance one of the worst of the season? And what are our our chances of beating Man City in the final? We'll see you in a sec. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. (laughs) It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great! Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK, and best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you, thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Ginge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. 
The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Cheerge and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And uh, before we get into talking about the Chelsea Spurs game, quick little plug for the Hyundai uh, Extra Mile competition. Uh, massive thanks to uh, Hyundai for the Extra Mile competition, which gives UK supporters a chance to win match tickets and merchandise, Chelsea merchandise. Now, all you have to do to enter is to share how you have gone the extra mile following Chelsea and you write that on their blog page, the link of which can be found on the Chelsea Fancast Twitter and Facebook pages. Um, And uh, basically there'll be one winner, one lucky winner every month if you do go and write how you've uh, gone the extra mile to follow Chelsea. They pick out a winner and then they get to go and see Chelsea play as Valky did. If you remember the interview we did with Valky, uh, he got to do that and of course part of that package is that you get to have an interview with me and you get to be on the Chelsea fancast which I think is jolly good fun um, so there you go there's also uh, occasionally they, they bung me tickets to give away kind of a bit more randomly and uh, uh, the lovely Gary Gary uh, who listens to the show regularly he won you've probably seen him tweeted out and me tweeted out but he took his lovely lady they won tickets to go and see the Chelsea Spurs match last Thursday so boy did they luck out <laughs> uh, but Gary yeah I mean you know I hope you enjoyed it mate it was uh, uh, a pleasure to uh, to kind of give you that opportunity and well done to Hyundai for very generously helping out with that so yeah you know real people do win you know that's the point one of the things i love about this competition of course is the fact that it uh, it provides uh, an opportunity for you know people who don't often get to a game they can't afford it they're busy or whatever you know they get a chance to go to a game and that's that's exactly why i got involved so well done gary and your lovely lady wife i really hope you enjoyed the night sorry i couldn't meet up with you for a pint or three but uh, unfortunately i didn't arrive to the game until about two minutes before kickoff because I, I got Pretty stuffed at work that day, but hopefully we can meet up another time. So there we go. Make sure you enter the old Extra Mile competition. It's all good stuff. Uh, You can win tickets, merchandise, and you can get to be on the Chelsea Fancast. What more could you possibly want? Right. Uh, Let's turn our attention back to that very same match, the Spurs match. I mean, look, I know the atmosphere was just outstanding. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen people so animated and standing up in uh, in Gate 17 where I stand. Uh, but we had a very different crowd in. I think a lot of the lot of the relocated shed end were were sitting. Well, not all of them, but a few of them were sitting near me. Uh, and uh, it's interesting to see that a lot of the regular season ticket holders weren't there. So they obviously give the cup matches a swerve. But it was their loss because the atmosphere was terrific. Great match all round. I just thought we started right out of the blocks, got right into them, just what the doctor ordered knowing that they they might you know be sitting back a bit and they might be a bit nervous because they didn't have Harry Kane and Ali and Son um but I think I think the question I really want to ask Clayton is that is is was this our best performance of the season do you think um complete performance yes for um for just sort of everybody doing what they were supposed to do yes um 
I think it's really unfortunate that we didn't have it all done and dusted by half time. I think a combination of just a dreadful referee and um, just being useless in front of goal. Um, I, but but yeah, I mean they they should have been gone. I mean they would have been gone um, because we played so well. Um, and it was great to see. And, and there were so many people who played well. But to me, yet again, it just, if Hazard plays, we play. He he was mm. sensational. He was absolutely sensational. You you know, they tried to kick him. They tried to do this. They tried to do that. And they couldn't stop him. They couldn't stop him. He, he was absolutely phenomenal. Um, one of the, the things that I loved on uh, Thursday night, was Jorginho because Jorginho did something that he's not done since he's been there and that was he attacked the ball. He's it was the first time I've seen him be proactive. Now what I mean by that is he didn't wait for the ball to come to him. He basically went to the ball. And I thought he 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 had his best game for us, but without a shadow of a doubt. I mean that guy's is some footballer. I think he's been harshly treated because as we all know it we need a boo boy and he's just the one that happens to be there. He has not played well in the last month, whether that's fatigue or whatever it is. Uh, and he's struggled. And rather than the crowd sort of encouraging him, they're getting on his back, which is just bonkers. Cause you look at that on Thursday and you think, God, that's some player, but I mean, the whole team played well. Um, Louise and sorry, Louise was outstanding. He was outstanding. Although I do actually have a little bit of, um, I have a bit of problem with the goal that we conceded because he does that thing where he tries to be fouled rather than actually attack the ball. And I don't think he attacked the ball for that goal, uh, which was a dreadful ball. But I think that that for me was just the fact that when um, the other fullback got injured, uh, ben, ben Davis, I was really pissed off because I thought Ben Davis is not as good as Danny Rose. And when Danny Rose came on, they changed it and they were a lot more dangerous. Um, but no, I, I just thought, we, I just thought we all, you know, they all played well and they, and they played like they wanted it, which is what you, you know, win or lose. That's all you ever want is to see, see all these guys leave nothing left on the pitch. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's the interesting thing, isn't it? Cause I mean, this, this, this time last week we were, wondering whether Sarri would not be long for this Chelsea world for sticking it to the players in the press conference after Arsenal. And, and you know, one has to say uh, it worked. It had the desired effect because they were both fully motivated and full of fight, which, I mean, let's face it, if you can't be motivated and full of fight for a match against Spurs, then you should, you should jack it in tomorrow. But the reality... Uh, was Jonathan that they were and they played very well as a result and I think it really you talked about this earlier on didn't you about the symbiosis between the crowd and the and the players and you know should the players be the ones that get the crowd going or should it be the crowd that get the the players going it's hard to to tell really but clearly the way the players played got the crowd going didn't it yeah it was um I think if the teams start off as well as they did and the crowd are are really up for it from the beginning, which they will be against Spurs every time, then it's a a marriage made in heaven. You know, the crowd are going to go up with the players. It was... um, And it was because it's also... It was a completely terrific performance um, other than the... As you've said, other than the the finishing. 
which once again was found wanting and Hazard should have scored several goals, as should Giroud. Um, but to, to go back to the uh, um, to, to the Sarri balling them out on, after the, the Arsenal game, um, apparently the, they have a relationship uh, where they now just um, individually speak to him, whether it's his ability as a bank manager um, to, uh, to discuss <laughs> things with people. Um, I don't know. <laughs> they come I, in and he says no. Yes, they ask. You know, you know what we should do, Jonathan. You know what we should do. You know, we should we should call him Capitano Mannering. Yes, <laughs> yes, we should. He won't catch on though, Chidge, unfortunately. Um, no, we one for the teenagers. One for the yeah, exactly, exactly. But uh, um, uh, no, in fact, that's, but that's been so held against him. I mean, with the meltdown after the Arsenal game and. Uh, him being apparently only having minutes to exist as the Chelsea manager and he was going to be sacked and the uh, the completely hysterical media reaction on, on every level in journalists. Including and, us, on, or me, no, no, to be fair. Including you, Chidge. I think if you remember, actually, I, I was... I said including me. I yeah, said me, did, not us. You did, you did, you did. You did. I, um, I, I, ba- uh, I basically said after the Arsenal game that I... I would. I wouldn't care if he was gone by Thursday. Yeah, you said that. Whereas I was <laughs> sitting back thinking, um, "Don't worry, it'll be fine." Um, and I was proven correct. I'm afraid. So I'm not gloating here, but I, I am a bit. Not but much. No, I'm, not, I'm not much. No, no. But, uh, but no, I, I, I just think we did that fantastically typical Chelsea reaction of just going from one extreme to the other. Here we are, just saying, "What a completely phenomenal performance it was!" Aren't they great? And uh, before we were saying it's one of the most desperately dreadful points. Out goes the manager. Out goes the players. He's a, they're all dreadful. It's um, it's it's you know it's the way we do it when Chelsea play badly. The, the problem is we just want them to to win every week, as as does every team. You want your every 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 supporter wants your team to win every week. But we we almost I, dem- demand it, don't we? You just no, but I do. I do, as Jonathan. As long as they play well, as long as they play well. Is yeah, exactly. No, that's yeah. that's it. It's not yeah. win every week. You don't. Yeah. You can't win every week. Yeah. But you can't you do yeah. what they did against Arsenal. But no, by the good. same token, you know, I know we're supposed to be talking about a great night against Spurs. So apologies, listener. But against Arsenal, what? You know, the players didn't perform, and the manager didn't perform at two nil down at half time. He has to bring a striker on, and he did nothing. You know, for week in, he played players that were not playing badly. Now, he may say, I haven't got the players. Well, you don't bloody know unless you try. And I don't don't accept the fact. I know he says, I play like this. I'm not playing any other way. Okay, fine. Well, if this player isn't playing well, put somebody else in. Don't keep doing the same thing. And I think that was the be- that was the beauty of the Spurs match, though, chaps, wasn't it? Because actually, I mean, when I saw the lineup, I thought, "Thank God for that," because he picked a striker in Giroud. He put Hazard back to where he should be on the left, which I think was causing all sorts of problems for the team in terms of morale, apart from anything else. And he he dropped Alonso and put Emerson in. I mean, you can argue until the cows come home whether Alonso is better than Emerson and what have you. But the reality was Alonso has been in poor form and Emerson deserved a shot. And he played Pedro on the right and not William. And again, you could say the same. William has not been playing very well recently. Pedro deserved the shot. So, you know, that gave me a lot of confidence that he had at least, you know, stopped being so flaming stubborn and, yeah. and dropped players who were out of form, you know. And I think that had a lot to do with it. 
you could argue, not... you could argue, in fact, that Hazard really wasn't doing it at um, playing the uh, the centre forward position, the the so called false nine. And in fact, I'm, I think that impacted upon the team as well on the morale of yeah, the team. Yeah, definitely. And, and the very definitely. Fact that when he did play him on the left hand side, and he played, he he upped his game. He went back to playing normally, and consequently, the team went up as well with him. It's, 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 it's what I said about um, having Higuain as well. If Higuain starts firing, I think everybody will then just the whole team will come up to this level, as will Hazard. Uh, I, I think. I think it's a great potential, great possibilities for the next few games to see how this all works out. Um, but, um, yeah, sorry, sorry, carry on. No, I was just going to say, just to underline your point about Hazard, in all competitions, Chelsea have lost none of the 46 games in which Hazard has scored at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, interesting, isn't it? Brilliant. Yeah, isn't it just? Yeah. Isn't but it just? I'd be interested um, to know how many games we've lost at Stamford Bridge in the last five years not that many no under 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 10 definitely yeah. possibly nearer five i would have thought yeah. um listen we, the other thing we really i mean actually no just just to go back to the sari thing i think given what had happened the week before given what has happened this week particularly on thursday um you know i, I know jonathan was poo-pooing it and i think arguably rightly so but there was a fear that if he'd have lost to spurs which would have been our fourth defeat in a row the first time that that would have happened since before I was born, you know that it could have been it could have been downhill from there really for Sarri. And I think to come out and for the team to play as they did, for him to manage it more effectively than he had done against Arsenal, I think that's quite a turning point for Sarri, really, uh, Clayton. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I don't. I, I think it would have depended if we would have lost on 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 the nature of the defeat. I think that if we would have given it like we did and then lost on penalties. Um, I don't think there would have been much comeback to Sarri, to be perfectly honest with you. If he no, would I, have, I if, he, that, if yeah. he would have basically picked the same team that played against Arsenal, who played in the same way against Arsenal, um, then yeah, the, the fans would have turned against him more than anything else. I, I don't think the club's got much stomach for changing the manager, to be honest with you. I just think, it, you know, it, it it was the. I think Jonathan's right. I think the the team probably had given up, and Hazard had given up, and I think they were basically saying it out on the pitch. Look, mate, you've got to change something because this isn't working. It's just not working. But the bottom line is the, the you know the performance against Spurs was much much better. Um, as we discussed earlier, we got to really get consistency sorted out. Because you can't play like you did one week and then not play well the next week. What I'd be absolutely fascinated by is who plays at left back against Bournemouth. Yeah. Because it was very interesting. Emerson, I mean, I know your views, Jonathan, on Emerson, and that's fine. I'm not going to have an argument with you. Um, oh, don't you agree with me then? Don't I agree with you? You don't agree with me then? No, I think he's very good. I, th- I, th- I think the thing is, I think he's very good. And I think Alonso is very good. They're Alonso, different. yeah, different they're completely different. Yeah. And Alon- Alonso has been out of form. Yeah. So, why he am I... Well he played well yesterday. He played as well as he had to against the fact that the, yeah. the team yeah. that didn't actually attack. Yeah. But it will be a real statement on Wednesday as to whether he plays... Emerson or Alonso. I think he'll play Alonso, personally. 
um, which I think is a bit of a shame because I do think Alonso deserves a run. Emerson, not just Emerson, not Emerson, yeah, yeah. I, not not because he played well against Tottenham, but because I actually think he's a decent player. Um, and I think before he got injured, when he played for Roma, he was considered to be one of the best left backs around. So there is a player in there, um, and this all this absolute sugar that that um, that our manager's talking about. Uh, saying he's not tall enough. Well, Ashley Cole's about, you know, isn't tall. Um, Roberta Carlos wasn't tall. Two of the best, best left-backs have ever played football. So, I know perhaps... I've played left-back. I'm five foot seven. Yeah, OK. Um, so, I I think, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, we digress. I mean, you know, we're supposed to be talking about the, the Tottenham game. I mean, I'll just throw it out there because... I know we're going to say Kante. How good was he? Absolutely superb. And I mean, you know, he scored, apparently, he scored uh, four goals now in 30 appearances this season. And in his previous three years, he scored four in 129 appearances. So don't tell me he's not adapting to this new role, because I think he certainly is. Listen, our time is a moving on, gents, and I really want to uh, let Jonathan who's been kind of building up to this moment for most of the podcast so far. But I want to see him finally spontaneously combust by allowing him to talk about how absolutely shit Martin Atkinson was at refereeing. I think Clayton can do the same, actually, can't you, Clayton? Because you, you sent a rather uh, derogatory tweet that I saw about Atkinson, who uh, um, just didn't seem to... I don't know. It was, it was like one of those dreadful strutting peacock of a of a man from a different era performances who um, decides early on that he won't book anybody and decides that he'll just let Spurs foul 10 times. And everybody I was sitting with, we just said, well, the first Chelsea foul will be a booking regardless. And of course it was. And I don't even think that the Kante booking was a, was a foul. I think um, Rose, uh, not a foul of booking, Rose wedged his leg in between. I don't think he tried to kick him. Kante, it was just a kind of, you almost see them, they do it by rote. He thinks, oh, I better give another yellow card here just because, you know, the timing is right. It's in the second half and that's about the right time that you start giving yellow cards. It's got nothing to do with watching the game of football. Um, it, it, it's nothing to do with, uh, with you know, like the, the very first foul from uh, Dyer on uh, um, Louise. Um, he, he actually, to be fair, he didn't see it, um, Atkinson, because he was looking, I think he'd stumbled and he was looking the opposite direction. So, I mean, when you look to the two assistant referees, assistant referees didn't give anything either. I call them assistant referees, I'm doing them a favour, they're linesmen. Um, uh, didn't give anything, didn't didn't seem to um, have have the role that was required of them of working with the, the central figure of referee. They were like subordinates um, who were scared to flag um, we, except there was a bizarre William offside, which was an interpretation of the law that I was told existed when I did my exams, but you never applied it, which is, you know, somehow the, the uh, if the ball is played forward, um, the man who's further on could be offside, but um, you're unlikely to give it because it would cause the, the players to think you're an idiot. And, and they actually gave one of those. And I thought, well, what is happening? This is, this is such lowest common denominator refereeing. He was... Um, biased uh, it, was, it was from a different era 
Well, he's just incompetent. incompetent. I mean, that was that was the thing that got me. Yeah, Gross yeah, incompetence. Yeah, I mean, yeah, how, Jonathan? You, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you you know about refereeing more than I do. That's for sure. I just like shouting at them. But uh, you know how he how he couldn't even give a foul for I don't I forget who it was now. I think it might have been Alderweireld who who you know who took Hazard out completely from behind. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. if he'd even if it had got the ball, it's still a fucking foul because he went through the back of him. But I mean, I'm, even I know that. I'm intrigued as to um, well, the VAR was there that night, wasn't it? So yeah, can well, I, he ignored yeah, it or no? No, no, no. But can I can I just say about that because I, I've I've sort of the VAR is about clear clear, clear and obvious mistakes, but it's not about clear and obvious mistakes like you were saying about yesterday about the corner and all the rest of it. It doesn't apply in circumstances like that. Now they can't call him up and say, "Oi, dickhead." you've missed that, which is basically a scissor kick from behind. Now, it wasn't a pen because it was outside the area, but what it was, was it was a free kick and it was a booking, but VAR can't basically go yeah, yeah. back. Fair enough. So that is why that didn't get reviewed. But that was a particular highlight of an awful bloody thing because he thinks he's being clever. He thinks that Hazard's diving because we had a fantastic chance there to, to score a third goal. Yeah. And basically, he's like, oh, I'm Mr. Clever. I know that Hazard dives a lot. So I'm basically, I'm, I'm calling you out, Hazard. That was a great tackle. It wasn't a great tackle. It was a foul. And that was that was horrendous. But don't, my, my... Don't you think Clayton, all the Reds do that with Hazard? You, there's a thing. They're thinking he's he's faking this. He's, he's, I, think, do... I think some of them do. I think some of them are basically uh, that. And I, But I also think that Hazard does get a lot of fouls which other players don't get he does get little taps and he goes down straight away and i think other players don't necessarily get that and hazard does get it a lot but i think if you're looking at the amount of times that hazard's fouled to the amount of time that he gets free kicks i think he gets probably about 75 percent maybe a bit higher but he certainly doesn't get the protection because whilst he gets the free kicks referees don't book players quickly enough after they've got after they've done it to him because you know like Oliver did in that famous occasion with Herrera you know, yeah yeah he's basically referees have got to say to the captain that's the third foul or the fourth foul against Hazard by the fourth different player I don't care who fouls him next but he's going to get booked and that's what they've got to do and they either can't be asked or they, they haven't got the wherewithal to do it they're, they're they, you know, they're human beings. They watch Mash of the Day. They know Hazard. They know Hazard gets kicked. I mean, if they make a, a conscious decision, there's nothing you can do about it. But I mean, just going back to Atkinson, the, my tweet, which was the fact that it is absolutely extraordinary that his refereeing was so incompetent, he managed to enrage Angola Kante and Cesar Aspiqueta, who must be two of the nicest, most mild-mannered footballers that play. You know, Kante was was driven to kick somebody, and Dave took his penalty like a man possessed. <laughs> yeah, he did, didn't he? We should talk about the pens. To be fair, I mean, even even though I desperately want to say that how that Lego-headed prick Dyer didn't get booked for any one of those four bloody fouls he committed in the first twenty minutes, I do not know. But the penalties were just brilliant. I mean, I thought, I thought that uh, uh, you know, Jorginho's penalty was absolute filth. I mean, it gave me a heart attack, but it was kind of worth it. But you're right, Clayton. Aspie's penalty was brilliant. The anger that came out of him and the emotion was just fantastic. Uh, but Louise, I mean, 
brilliant. It was kind of redolent of Munich, wasn't it? Completely. When you knew when when you saw who was taking the fourth penalty, you just thought, "I can put a pipe on here. I don't even have to get nervous." You just knew there was, yeah, a, there was actually, only I felt one, like that. Yeah. one place that ball was going. I was actually very surprised. Has Caesar taken a penalty before for us? I don't know, but he is the captain, so you know responsibility and all of that. Yeah. Yep. Great save by Kepper as well, of course, which we should mention. A really good save. Now, look, just to kind of wrap this up, um, we've got City in the final, um, you know, and actually we should we should say this. I mean, that's our 15th uh, final in 16 years, our eighth League Cup final, quite remarkable. Uh, Sarri's the sixth manager to take us to a League Cup final and the fourth to do so in his first season, which is interesting. Um, City in the final is not going to be easy, but we have beaten them already this season. I mean, I think the key question really, Jonathan, is, is you know, can Sarri break his duck and does he really need to? Um, I think anything can happen in a final. So I think we've got the chances of, uh, of winning it. And um, uh, um, I, I, I would love him to break his duck. And um, um, I, I don't think he does. No, I don't think he needs to. I think having got there has made a statement because uh, City are... I think where he would like to be, and I don't think he will he will necessarily achieve unless they purchase a few more players. Um, but I think it's a fabulous achievement, and uh, I don't think we should underestimate uh, the fact we have got to this final. and um, And I think this will mean that he'll carry on for the rest of the season. Actually, I think, uh, as you said, mm. Chidge, it was a this has been a a seminal moment for him not not for the for the youth, but for the uh, for him as a manager, be getting to the final. Because I think now um, he won't be sacked uh, if we don't... Well, he may be sacked at the end of the season if we don't get top four, um, which ultimately is what they require. But uh, uh, I think I think we could lose and it wouldn't, we wouldn't be seen as a, a disaster in the way that losing to Arsenal and Spurs earlier in the season has been. Hmm. What about you, Clayton? Uh, what are our chances? Can Sarri break his duck and does he need to? Uh, no, I don't think he needs to. Uh, yes, we can win because it's a final. I mean, if you think about the last two FA Cup finals, we went in against Arsenal as the hottest favourites possible and screwed it up. And then we went into the last year's FA Cup final as the underdogs because we'd been absolutely appalling. Uh, in the weeks previous to that, and we won. So finals are one-off games, and you know, not one of us thought we'd win at home against City. So I don't see why we can't win at Wembley. Indeed. Uh, let's just hope that Newport uh, haven't knocked City out of the cup by that stage, because it'll be the week after, and we don't want them to be having to focus on the FA Cup. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's a final, as the boys were saying, and... Uh, Anything can happen. So there you go. Right. Coming up, Jonathan's got uh, a few more of your emails to read out, and I'm going to wrap it all up with the usual parish notices. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, 
Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, don't forget to check out our website, chelseafancast.com. Lots of blogs on there and stuff. It's where you find the podcast. It's uploaded there uh, via Acast every week. A little bit of a blog about it as well. Uh, and all the old shows are there too. So do check it out. Now, uh, we've got some great emails this week, Jonathan. Are you primed, prepped, and ready? Yes, I've taken the necessary drugs. So let's just see what I can choose. <clears throat> Uh, this is from dan thorne hi chidge jonathan and guest presenters that's you clayton hope you're all well (laughs) hope you're all well and staying warm thanks very much for asking dan because funny i went on my bicycle this afternoon i got very chilled didn't wear my gloves i was a fool anyway um i've attached a copy i've attached a copy of the most recent mcsc newsletter that was just released to our members Being the editor and contributor of said newsletter, it's a struggle to come up with interesting things to write at times. But with the week being a tale of two North London games, granted only one played in North London, it ignited the part of my brain that other games haven't reached so far this year. With this in mind, I'd like to talk a little about those games and the social media slash media reaction to them both. Firstly, the Arsenal game. Was it actually an end-of-days game? Granted, we were awful in the first 30 minutes. But in the remainder of the game, the team did try to put a better shift together. Yes, absolutely right. But as Sarri said after, some of the players didn't team up for the fight. While, while on um, uh, uh, the Sarri post-game comments, didn't they get blown out of all proportion as well as misquoted? Also, why not call up the players, make them realise that Chelsea pride is part of the job? And unlike Conte's calling out, uh, Sarri doesn't have form or for falling out with players. I also believe not having a scoring striker has made us toothless. I agree completely. Obvious, I know. But with all the will in the world, the team can try to get back into a game. They start badly, all they like. But it means nothing if they've no way of putting the ball in the net. Plus, Arsenal set up to fill areas that stop what little interplay our lads could muster. And Ramsey had a blinder, which did us in the first period. All that being said, we were awful, but not end of days awful. Now Spurs, second leg, second leg, League Cup semi. This performance is what we want every week. And if you think Sarri's comments fell on deaf ears, I think this would prove you wrong. Straight out the blocks, we looked hungry and had incisive intent. Now, this is maybe just me, but I think in that first half, we moved the ball around without including Jorginho much at all. I read in some media reports that he was man of the match. Barkley was up for the game and keen to get involved. And although things didn't always come off, it was good to see him open up. Same can be said for Emerson. With Alonso being out of sorts, it'll be interesting to see if Emerson can push his own case or wake Alonso up to the fact the season is underway. Each player seemed to raise their game from the previous 90 minutes. The tie should have been put to bed by half-time, but as it is with these games, we contrived to give them a sniff. Rose came on as a sub and was a pain in the arse, plus setting up the goal, although how he wasn't booked while he was on the pitch is anyone's guess. Kante did take care of that particular prickly player. The second half was more of a battle. We allowed ourselves to drop to their level and it worked against us. Winning the penalty shootout was not only brilliant for just the win, it was great to see Kepper get some fan love. Yeah, absolutely. That's my pennies worth from the other side of the planet. Both games were at stupid o'clock in the morning, 4.30am and 6.45am. So being sober and then going to work after the Arsenal game made that day seem longer and more painful than it needed to be. Mind you, the day of the Spurs win was a delight. The FA Cup game is on at 5am tomorrow morning, so fingers crossed we don't have rugby and take care of Wednesday on Monday morning. Shout out to all the Melbourne Chelsea supporters and congrats to Lydia, former Melbourne chair, who just announced her and her fella are expecting their first child in August. 
All the best, lads. Dan Thorne. Keep the blue flag flying high. P.S. As this pos- podcast, I can't speak, as this podcast, as this podcast has a global reach, I want to plug <clears throat> the Australian Chelsea National Meet this Easter, with Chelsea, which Chelsea Adelaide are hosting. Check out Adelaide Chelsea Supporters Club on Facebook for details. Fab mail. They've covered lots of the points that we did and uh, um, agree with everything, really, Dan. Well done, Dan. Yeah. And congrats to Great Lydia. to hear from... Great, yeah, congrats to Lydia, absolutely. And uh, great to hear from Dan. Um, uh, I will forward you the newsletter because obviously it was attached and I didn't, I didn't put it in the, in the script, obviously, but I will ping that to you. The other thing I would say is that I do believe uh, a dear friend and uh, friend of the fan cast, Mr. Robert or Bobby Delcini, who is a Melbourne resident, has, uh, has kind of met up with the Melbourne uh, Blues out there. Uh, which uh, I've been trying. I mean, he didn't even know they existed, and I kind of said to him, "Mate, you need to get hold of these guys." And I think he has, and I think he's gone to see them, which is great. So, how about that? We actually connected people who live in the same city. What is it, twelve thousand miles away, or something like that? But <laughs> uh, which is just like nuts, isn't it? If yeah. you think about that, that is insane. But there you go. I love it. Love it. Anyway, as it next email. It should be. It's great. Just to point out that the the Rugby moment for those who don't know is um, Chelsea coming back against Wednesday at Hillsborough from. Uh, being um, uh, three nil down um, to four three, and then Rugby giving away a penalty to make it four four. Um, that, that's going back to uh, is what's that eighty five? Chidge was yeah. We yeah. we know a song about that, don't we, Clayton? We do. <laughs> You're not going to sing it then? <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Brilliant. Sing, 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 sing. Okay, okay, okay. 3-0 down, 4-3 up, Big Doug Ruby fucked it up, la 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 There you go. Thank you. Email number two, Tommy Milosh. Good evening, Chid, Jonathan, esteemed guests. That's you, Clayton. I am. I'm very esteemed. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that he's plural in both cases. That's mm. impressive. Yeah, there are two of you, Clayton. The Clayton I'm, a, I'm a big lad. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if my email will make the cut in time for the show. But here's a go. It has. It has, Tommy. Look, this is it. I admit to having staunchly believed that Morata would come alive under Sarri's tutelage and thus deem Higwain, who I'd like to call Wayne, if that's allowed, as surplus to requirements when we were linked with him this past summer, especially given his high wages. With that said, Morata's mentality in the past few months has been shocking and has led me to welcome Higuain with open arms. Me too. While I'm bitter that Morata never recaptured his early form from the beginning of last season, the optimism from Higuain's arrival has bolstered my confidence that we'll manage to finish in the top four and challenge on all fronts. Although I must relent it was only Sheffield Wednesday, Higuain looked the real deal at times, with his subtle movements almost undoing their back line on more than one occasion. I fully believe that those half-chances will soon start turning to goals as he has time to gel with his new teammates. Giroud's ability to bring others into play is admirable, but it sometimes seems as if he's more focused on that than taking a necessary selfish stab at goal. With that in mind, it's refreshing to have a player like Higuain who can both stand up to meaty challenges and supposedly wants to score in a way that we haven't seen since Diego's acrimonious departure. Yes, 
Much of the talk this transfer window has revolved around us signing a Fabregas, Fabregas replacement. But I think we should focus on the summer window instead of committing another drinkwater-esque panic buy. Kovacic's influential performance yesterday showed he could deputise in the regista role in a pinch, which is encouraging as Jorginho could use a rest to recover his form. Though he was good, he was good against Spurs. Barkley had another howler. Yes, he was terrible, which is both frustrating and worrying given the promising way he set out this season. Yeah. He used to have something about him. I'm afraid his intuition has deserted him. This was the sort of opposition he should have been salivating to exert his influence over. <coughs> but he's increasingly content with laying the ball off. You wonder whether he's been told to do that, of course. More than anything, he looks scared of the ball and in a hurry to get rid of it as soon as he gets it. I want to see him drop his shoulder in the same way that Ruben does and get himself in good spots to have a pop as he has a strong shot on him. We haven't mentioned Ruben, Chicho, we, and we would talk about him. I, I was heartening to see Ruben throwing himself about in his brief cameo, and I hope he can nip his back problems in the bud with the proper treatment. With Kovacic bringing an added bit of defence stability at the base of midfield when played there, I think it would unshackle Ruben to really maraud all over the final third and help us exert some much-needed physicality. I hope he managed to retain Hudson-Odoi, as he looks like a bright player who just needs a bit of time. It's a pity his head has been turned, as I feel he'd still struggle to get minutes of Bayern. Knock on wood that he stays, but he sounded like he was gone in the post-match interview. In less sombre news, I will be flying over from Canada to see my first ever Chelsea match when we play host to Malmo in the Europa League. Hooray! I'm already growing embarrassingly emotional, the prospect of walking up to Stamford Bridge for the first time and can hardly wait to sing with everyone in the Matthew Harding lower. It's just a pity that Fabregas has been shipped off as his song was one of my favourites. But at least I face the prospect of getting to revel in one step beyond. I also hope to somehow wrangle tickets for the League Cup final, as well as our home match to Tottenham and our away match to Fulham. I understand the first two to be a long shot, but maybe I'll get lucky on the ticket exchange. Anyway, it'd be a pleasure to meet all of you if possible, as your show has made me feel more in touch with the club than I did four years ago when I started listening to it. Thank you for all that you do, and I hope to see you soon. soon. Tommy Milos. Very good, very good. Good point about um, um, uh, Loftus-Cheek. I thought came on and played well, actually. Looked good. And um, uh, once again, only Wednesday. But I, I, if he can... Uh, yeah, we, we sort of avoided talking about him completely because he's... He's um he's not asked to go, is he? And he seems to be. Uh, yeah, I really went out on loan, didn't he? I suppose there's a difference, isn't it? Rather than Loft than um, Hudson Odoi, but uh, I thought he had a decent game against Wednesday. He looked um he looked uh, very much in charge. So we'll we'll see. Um, is he likely to start against? Uh, I think he might come on against Bournemouth. So let's see. Anyway, should we do the next one, Chidge? Well, I, you wanted to talk about Ruben, didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I mean, it's interesting because I've said this on a couple of occasions, and again, I think I said it on the Love Sport thing. The thing with Barkley, I find really disappointing. I, I he seems like he's sort of got gone backwards, and he seems quite. He's adopting this sort of fairly timid approach. He seems terrified to lose the ball. Um, and from what I can remember, and it might be rose-tinted glasses, when he played for Everton, he got the ball and he, he sort of strode forward and, and sort of tried to make things happen. Here he just wants to give and go. I mean, he just doesn't seem to want to go anywhere. I don't think he had a restricted role, though, did he, Clayton? I think that was the thing. I think he no, no he didn't. Order against Everton, he didn't. Allowed he didn't. to do his thing, wasn't he? 
Um, yeah, which, but but you but can't you, do in this setup. Yeah, that's that's correct. But what you've got to actually think about is the fact that we have got, you know, when Loftus Cheek comes on, he gets the ball and he runs. There was one occasion yesterday, um, where Lo, uh, where where Barkley got the ball and ran, and then he lost it. And I was just so frustrated because I think there is a, I think there's a good player struggling to get out, and it's the sort of player we need. You know that the the person that rampages from midfield when we're playing against those two banks of four or five or whatever it is. We need, you know, the one thing that they can't cope with is somebody running at them. Yeah. yeah anyway, nice. nice nice email. Lovely email. And also, brilliant, brilliant to hear that Tom's going to be over here. Um, sadly, I, I haven't got a ticket for the Malmo game yet, which is bloody stupid of me. Uh, but I will be at the Spurs game, obviously. Um, but I hope to see him. It'd be lovely to have a beer with him. Yeah, I'd like to I'd like to be included. Remind me and I'll come. I'll meet up. I'd love to. Uh, email number three. Yeah, baby. Chris Page. Hagchidge, Jonathan, and the rest of the gang. It's you, Clayton. I am uh, indeed the rest yeah. of the gang. You are. My name is Chris. I've been listening to the show for about four months now, having just moved to London. I realised the necessity for a good podcast on the morning commute. So that must be us. Fresh from Williams, two goals last night against Sheffield Wednesday. I wanted to email you about a topic which I know vexes many of the guests on the show, most notably Mark Worrell, who actively voices his annoyance on Twitter. I'm talking about the hate that William gets from the Twitterati. I want to make it clear I'm no way xenophobic and consider the global support Chelsea gets as a massive positive. I myself am a fan of the NBA's Boston Celtics, despite growing up in England and, have nev- and never having attended a game. So I feel our transatlantic cousins and any fans from abroad are just as much Chelsea fans as the rest of us. However, Chelsea only came into the world's, onto the world's radar in 2004-2005, as the boys on the London is Blue podcast said when they were in town. Therefore, I feel fans from abroad consider winning titles a given at Chelsea, and it seems they don't see the fact William has won two Premier Leagues as a great achievement. I'm not saying I was supporting Chelsea in the real dire days. My first game as a Chelsea fan was the 2002 FA Cup final loss to Arsenal. I was only six at the time. However, the hate for William is led by fans who don't really understand what he's achieved at the club because they don't compare his achievements of two Premier Leagues, a League Cup and an FA Cup, to the history of the club. His one Premier League went away from Lamps, for goodness sake, two ahead of Dennis Wise and Zola, not to mention his two Players Player of the Year awards and Chelsea Player of the Year award. The guy's been amazing for us, although I think either him or Pedro will have to be released this summer so hudson Adoy can be convinced to to stay. I think the man deserves way more respect. Yes, he's not Hazard, but very far. And I think the Twitter faithful don't really understand that William will be remembered as a great, great Chelsea player, if not a legend. 11th of the 2nd, 2015, Chelsea versus Everton. Williams scored a worldy winner in the 89th minute, a massive three points in sending us on our way to a fourth Premier League title. Respect. The best Chelsea game I've been to live was undoubtedly the 4-2 FA Cup semi-final win against Tottenham in 2016. Who bagged two, one straight from a free kick? As much as I think the kid is great, it wasn't hudson Odoi. It was William, of course. Having said this, I took my girlfriend's little brother to his first Chelsea match this year against Nottingham Forest in the FA Cup. He's only six years old as well. I really do hope he was watching one of the breakthrough games of hudson Odoi's Chelsea career, not one of the last. And maybe William has to be sacrificed to ensure that. But in the meantime, I think he needs to be treated with admiration and respect. He's earned. 
and at Chelsea. Keep up the great work on the pod and at the Chelsea. Chris um, is. Uh, <laughs> what? Is that, is that, that's it. Finish. What? That's finished. Well, no, there's there's, there's one, one more, more shout one more. out to do. One but more, do, do, do you want to do you want to talk about do you want to talk about uh, Chris's email? Um, uh, he's absolutely right. He's absolutely right about William, completely and utterly. Um, a wonderful player. Um, we've talked about it earlier on. He's occasionally inconsistent, but um, moments of supreme brilliance. And uh, when he plays as well as he played yesterday, you, it takes your breath away. So yeah. I mean, he 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 is possibly one of the most infuriating players I've ever seen, and I mean that as a compliment because. No, I don't. Um, he he's he's he can be utterly brilliant and he can be utterly infuriating, um, and that is why I don't think, uh, with all due deference and respect, he will ever be known as a Chelsea legend. He will be he he will be fondly remembered. I hope because he deserves to be because he's contributed a huge amount to the club. Um, but I do. It is. It's a great shame. All that being said, he's a Chelsea player, and the amount of abuse that he gets is just unacceptable. Well, you can put a lot of others into that same category, and it's appalling, isn't it? Yeah. I think for me, you know, William. William. The trouble with William is like a lot of players we have these days that uh, you can see how good they are. And therefore, you can see how much potential you have. So if they never reach that potential, it becomes even more disappointing. You know, when when you grow up with players like, you know, dare I say, it, Alan Mays, Darren Wood, you name it, you you, you knew that their that, that their ceiling was a lot lower. <laughs> so perhaps you were a bit more forgiving. But with players like William, you're thinking, well, you know, he's got it all. Yeah. So if he doesn't deliver it all the time, it's really disappointing, I think. And and I think therein lies yeah. a little bit of the problem. Yeah. So, uh, do you want me to read the Twitter one out, Jonathan, or, yeah, or, you, or are you going to comment on that? I'm going to comment on one more. I think that um, we have to remember as well that in the 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 the, the season horribilis, um, where we finished 10th, he was completely outstanding. And people just seem to have forgotten that completely. He no, they the don't. They No, they don't forget it, Jonathan. They use it as a stick to beat him with. They just basically say... You know, he was. He what? Why is he only good when we're not when we're not good? Just completely, oh, right. mi- completely yeah. missing the point. Missing the point. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I haven't seen him wander off with his head down this season. Which um, so he obviously likes the manager much more. Well, he hasn't. He hasn't tweeted anything with like trophies over the manager's <laughs> face yet, has he? No, he hasn't. So, yeah. Good stuff. Yes, Chidge, if you could re- if you could read that out, that'd be lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah, I mean, I added it in because uh, I happen to have a bit of Twitter bants with uh, with Rab M, uh, who who wrote this. He says, "Best show yet on Friday." I think that would be the Love Sports Show. Jonathan on top form, and Canners was brilliant as as well. Uh, a shout out on Friday's show could lead to more praise in the future. Keep up the good work, anyway. Or it won't be praise. So there you go. Um, I, I've not read it out on a Friday, Rab. I've read it out on a Monday. So that's how keen I was to uh, say thank you. So I hope that's duly noted. So we're going to mention Rab. Right. Oh, well, I should read his Twitter name. It's, he's, it's Rab M and he's at Rab, R-A-B 2601 on Twitter. If you want to follow Rab uh, and if you want to send us praise or brickbats, I don't mind. I can take it. Just had a bit of a criticism on Twitter from somebody. 
uh, which I think I've responded to in a fair way, but I mean, maybe not, who knows, but we don't care. Tell us what you think. If you think it's a load of shit, say so. I'm not offended. Right, okay, uh, time for the parish notices. Uh, Patreon, uh, don't forget, if you like what we do, you can become a Chelsea Fancast patron and help us cover the cost of running the show's uh, which uh, we try and do, you know, we always do two a week, sometimes three if Kerry can be found, uh, and continue to produce what we believe is your unique podcast on all things Chelsea. Uh, please feel free to donate whatever you want per show or per month, a bit like, uh, you know, paying for the fanzine, only a pound. There, there is, you know, no limit. You can pay as little or as, as much as you want. We really don't mind, and there is no pressure at all. It's just a way for you to say thank you, and you can do that. Of course, it's also a way you can pay us to, to stop it, actually. That's an idea. If you pay me enough, I won't do any more podcasts, and then you don't have to moan about it. That sounds fair, doesn't it? I like that idea. It's like kind of danger money or something, or blackmail. Who knows? Probably one of the two. Um, anyway, um, yeah, please do. The other thing I would say about Patreon is that uh, it's a really li- good little kind of almost like a private uh, kind of social media thing. So if you're in Patreon, you can get hold of me, send me a message, have a bit of a chat. You can put, you know, questions you want Jonathan to read out or emails or whatever, you know, messages, whatever, uh, and they'll get on the show. And I've got a a nice uh, surprise for you people, which I shall be revealing very soon. And we tend to reveal our exclusive stuff directly to you. That's kind of the point. So there you go. So get involved on Patreon. Many do. Thank you for those that do. It is greatly appreciated. Right, uh, Chelsea supporters trust join the trust get your voice heard by the club it's free to join up to be a member but if you want to have a badge and be able to vote and attend meetings then it's five pounds subscription per year and you can sign up at chelseasupporterstrust.com which means you can attend the meetings get come to any events and you can vote in the elections in the summer uh, and of course there'll be a survey coming out soon so you'll be able to take part in that as well before anybody else and you can follow them on twitter at chelsea s trust uh, the Chelsea pitch owners, if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea, protect the future of the club, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners who, of course, own the freehold to Stamford Bridge and whose aim it is to ensure that Chelsea Football Club will remain playing football at Stamford Bridge forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. Uh, and to find out how to buy a share, email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners. And you can follow them on Twitter at Pitch Owners. And, of course, it was the AGM uh, last Friday, which I uh, I went along to, casted my vote. And uh, it was quite a peculiar AGM, really, because there was nothing really to report on what's happening with the stadium. So, therefore, it was kind of open season on, on the board uh, in terms of uh, them not marketing themselves very well and all kind of stuff like that. So it's kind of more like a traditional AGM where people get to be rude to and abuse the board. So there you go. But other than that, it was uh, it was good to see a few friendly faces well, and some unfriendly ones too. But there you go. Uh, talking of friendly faces, uh, you'll always get a hearty, friendly welcome from the uh, CFC UK vendors on a match day going, hurry up, it's only a pound. And you can get it on the stall, of course, on a match day or from any of the sellers, as I said, uh, home or away. And of course, you can subscribe if you can't get it in person. And you can always get it digitally by going to cfcuk.net. And if you're in the USA, follow Twitter account at cfcukusa. And if anyone is interested in getting a copy, contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter at dlundberg underscore. Righty-ho, that's all we've got time for tonight. We'll be back next Monday, uh, the 4th of February, to talk about the Bournemouth versus Chelsea and the Chelsea versus Huddersfield matches in the Premier League this week. 
Uh, and of course, don't forget to tune in to Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport Radio between 7 o'clock and 9 p.m. with me, uh, Jonathan, and Aaron Paul on Friday, of course, where we will look back at the Bournemouth versus Chelsea match and look forward to the Chelsea versus Huddersfield match. And of course, we'll be talking all things Chelsea as we do. Uh, it's lovely to hear from you, so make sure you give us a call if you want to join in the chat and the debate. Uh, live, the number to call is 0208 70 20 558. And, of course, you can get Love Sport on 558am on uh, the DAB digital channels. And you can listen to Love Sport through Radio Player, TuneIn or lovesportradio.com. And if you can't get it live, it always goes up shortly afterwards as a podcast, as to all of our shows. And they are on and can be found at chelseafancast.com, Acast, Apple, SoundCloud, Spotify and all other good podcast distributors. Finally, 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 Twitter, follow us at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chiz, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Clayton at Goalie59, and of course, check out the website, as I said, during the show, which is ChelseaFanCast.com, and many thanks to the Chelsea Fancast bloggers for the regular content going up during the week. Right, that's pretty much it. Uh, Clayton, as always, a delight to have you on the show. Uh, thank you so much. Uh- Absolutely brilliant to be on. Always honoured to be on with your good self and the wonderful voice of a thousand, or the man of a thousand voices, as you said at the beginning. Um, yeah, indeed. Um, Chid, you might want to mention um, that I've just seen on Twitter that uh, there's another food bank drop at the stall yeah. on Saturday before the yes. game. I've just retweeted the Chelsea Supporters Trust um, Twitter mention of that so uh if you have got the time to pop to the stall and um donate anything that would be very very welcome thank you clayton because that's very remiss of me because it was me that put that flaming tweet up so you would have thought i might have remembered you know it was only an hour ago or so that i put it up there but uh, yeah absolutely he's spot on there's another collection for the food bank the hammersmith and fulham food bank uh basically there's a list of stuff that because you can't just bring anything really it's they're quite specific about what you need to get but it's easy to do there's a sainsbury's in fulham broadway so go to sainsbury's uh, take the list with you of what they need buy a bag of that wander over to the cfc uk store deliver it to cliff or whoever happens to be there and job done i mean i did it the other week and it's about 15 quid for uh, pretty much everything that's on the list so it's it's not a lot of money but it makes a huge difference and you have to do it before five to two because they need to, they have to get it to the ground where it's stored before Chelsea kick off. So please give generously. It's for a, a very good cause and sadly needed. So there you go. So thanks, Clayton. I would have completely forgotten that. Well done. Uh, Jonathan, uh, as always, an utter delight, my dear boy. Look forward to seeing you on Friday, of course. Thank you. I look forward to it as well. Sorry, you were, uh, your, your Mixler person was correct. I peaked early on and then uh, and lost. <laughs> on. But, uh, yeah. Jean-Paul Guevara Guevara for manager is what I say he's clearly got us totally sussed out (laughs) good stuff thank you really enjoyable as always and I look forward to Friday yeah absolutely you will indeed is the Bournemouth game um, on telly tomorrow night live no 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 no. it'll be it'll be uh, avoiding the score and watching on Chelsea TV then okay right yeah it's it's on match choice on Sky at half ten is it okay good stuff thank you no, I won't watch that. All right, brilliant. I'll watch, I'll watch the whole game at midnight. I like doing that. Well, there you go. I'd fall asleep. I, you, I, you don't have to be up. Yeah, you, you don't have to be up at Sparrow Farts like me. So good luck with that. Oh, by the way, actually, there's a very good chance that I may well be doing a Kerry Dixon podcast on Thursday. So I would say at the moment it's about eighty to ninety percent certain. All right. So keep your keep your ears peeled for that one. 
All right, brilliant. These boys have been brilliant, and so have you people in Mixler. Um, love you to pieces. There's so many of you in there. I can't name you all, but uh, you all know who you are. Thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you again next Monday. Right, that's it. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chels. Yeah. Up the chels! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.